The following is my rector's report for this year, 2023. It was presented at our St. Augustine's AGM on February 12th, following our 10 a.m. service. I wanted to re-record it to present it verbally for any who weren't able to be at the meeting. And uh, I think there's something about hearing the intonation in which something is presented that shapes how it is heard. However, the text will also be available on our website for those who would prefer to read. So here it is. Who are we? Who is St. A's? It is maybe a little unclear. We know who we have been, who we thought we have been. We know what stories we have told, the ones we are close with, the ones we cherish. A church is a blending of many stories together. A church blends stories from this place and this building of St. Augustine's. A church blends stories from other places and other communities. And who we are all together is seen only, only by God. It can be hard to see from the perspective of just one point, and St. A's is just one point. We are connected to a diocese, which is some 50 points, some 50 distinct communities in specific neighborhoods. Each community holds their own story and individual stories within. And if we expand outward, we are only one tiny point in the Anglican Church of Canada and the Anglican Worldwide Communion. We are an even tinier point in the worldwide breadth of Christianity itself, and hardly one iota in the breadth of communities across all spiritual traditions and practices. And yet here we are, with that feeling that we are someone, that there is something here that we want to be a part of. St. Augustine's has a relatively short story. I like to think that we are still in the early days of this community. We are really not far from the pioneer days of Alberta and this, the beginning of this greater Hardesty community in which we exist. This community is only completing now its first generation. There was a po the post-war spike when all the schools were built and all the churches were bursting, and we are only in the first rebalancing demographic wave of that community. Who we are and where we are going in this little area is still very much being formed. What is happening in the neighborhood around us? And how is our little church a part of it? We might ask. Anglicans have a parochial history. We are a parish church. At our best, we care for the spiritual health of a geographic area, no matter who lives there. Being Anglican matters, and it also doesn't matter at all. From another angle, we are simply one expression of the body of Christ in this area. A group of folk who have been shaped by Jesus and are being shaped by Jesus. There is something in this life that has caught us. There is something in him that brings us to continue in this way. And there is so much good in his life and in his tradition that we can live and share. Jesus' wisdom, his courage, his compassion, his strength, his self-offering, his service, his political humility, his care for children, his nonviolence, his stillness of being. As our longtime mission statement reads, 
we live Christ in community through service. Where are we going as a parish? I can only imagine that it is a continuation and expansion of our history. We deepen in the way of walking with Jesus. We let his way be practiced in our care of each other. We let his way be practiced in our care and service in the world. Each of us matters in this story. Each of us brings a different perspective. Each of us brings a different set of gifts. We only go wrong if we don't know our gifts, if we don't share our gifts, or if we hinder the gifts of another. Say boldly, I don't want to do that, but I really want to do this. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Community is beautiful tension within diversity, held together in mutual compassion, honesty, and generosity. We are always becoming. There is always more to learn. And so we press on into a future that God is unfolding before us. There are some hard things, though. Our budget this year is a thornier pill to swallow than it has been before. It is not out of reach, but it highlights some needed reflection. Our budget is really a symptom of some realities that need to be faced with courage. We are currently a post-pandemic church, or still in a pandemic, as you wish to cut it. The last three years have just disorganized everything. I came back from sabbatical this past September and felt like I was arriving at a new church. I thought it would feel comfy, familiar, but instead it felt like arriving at a new church, even a church plant. There is so much building, not rebuilding the old things, but building a new, new things for a new pandemic people. We are not like we used to be. Church is not like it used to be. We press forward, the Spirit goes before us. We are a church that is building, but we are building also as a people still grieving. We are grieving the loss of our beloved long-term members who have died these last years. As Megan reflected in her music report, in our family's 10 years here, we would not have guessed how many St. Hayes folk we would have buried. Part of the story of our budget this year is simply that we have lost some folks who gave generously and we might even be bold to receive our budget numbers as a moment of gratitude for all they gave to this church. The reason there is something we want to be a part of here is because so many beautiful people laid down their lives for us. Prayer, sweat, toil, blood, thousands of jewels of human energy have gone into this St. A's community since the 50s. Nothing good that is given is ever lost with God. Every act of generosity has been received into God's heart. We have received deeply from those who have gone before, and we hold their gifts and intentions in holy hands. And we are grieving for other reasons. A general pandemic grieving and lack of energy within a stressed societal system. Some are grieving and healing from church trauma, trying to sort out what faith and church look like now. And there are brutal facts about the wider church that make this season even more difficult. ACC2 has been a move, recent move to face head-on the institutional blindness that has allowed sexual abuse to happen in our Canadian church far more than it ever should have. Our increased insurance costs are signs of how much work there is to be done. 
Our new safe church protocols are sign of a common will and action in our diocese to say this cannot continue. Our clergy conference this past week was basic anti-racism training for clergy because we have not been as aware of race and power dynamics in the church as we need to be. How can we be Christ's church in community if we hold ourselves above another, if our institutions are invisibly biased or we actively participate in destructive power systems? It was striking to look around at the clergy conference and see that, yes, we are now fairly balanced in terms of male and female clergy, but we are strikingly very white. There is also the general angst that comes up in reference to our national church and the existence of Anglicans after 2040. However, the angst is often poorly framed and presented. They conflate the institution with the body of Christ living. And so it sounds like we will all suddenly be assumed into nothingness when our Anglican warranty runs out. The truth is much more complex, and these numbers are really a call to see our church structures to see that they move at the speed of change and adjust to be in step with the Spirit. Some church buildings and parts of our institution will absolutely close. They probably should. But this does not mean death of Christ's church, or even of our spiritual tradition, which has been through much more difficult times. This simply means that we are letting some logs fall in the forest to open up the canopy and provide light and nutrients for the new growth that is only now taking root. Are we a resurrection people, or are we not? I have been coming to this church now for 10 years. Like all of you in your roles, in my role as a pastor, I have needed to make calculations about where and how my time and energy should be spent. I remember clearly in my early days pondering a calculation about chaplaincy versus renewal ministry. In fact, we asked that question outright at our visioning event in 2014. We talked about possible futures. As the founders generation of St. A's were reaching older age, and there were not many children of next generations ready to take over, we had a critical question to consider. Should we do nothing? Enjoy our time? Spend our funds? Ease into a gentle church death? Or, perhaps secondly, we could actively die, close the church on our own terms because ministry seems to have ended, and uh, we could let other ministries and char charities benefit from our funds, energies, and resources. Or thirdly, we could take some radical and calculated risks and see what would happen. I remember distinctly Jim New saying, the third one. Jim is the man who built the first altar for the church in his basement, and he was saying in that moment, press on, there is more to be discovered. His words helped me realize that St. Hayes founders were a community that, more than wanting to be cared for themselves, they wanted to see their beloved church carry on beyond them. This kind of thought has guided my work among you and in the community from then on. I bring all of this up now because I, I feel it is clear that we are at a moment of handoff. I don't know exactly what signified this to me. Perhaps it was losing Jim himself last year. Perhaps it is the number of people who have found a home here recently and uh, 
that we needed to hire a children's ministry leader to accommodate the kids. Perhaps it was Michaela Hanley joining the Altar Guild. Perhaps it was even the deep clean of the kitchen yesterday by a new mixed group of people making a home here through cleaning. But we are solidly now in a new phase of life at St. A's, in which I see a deep honouring and love of those who have gone before, and spurred on by the creativity of that generation, a new generation is forming and making their legacy. It is a tender moment, and a moment that requires courage for all involved. It requires some changing of roles, some new skills all around. To help foster this moment of God's work among us, I would like to invite anyone over the age of 65 to choose someone. Look around you at the under 65 folk connected to the church and find someone you like the look of, somebody you'd like to get to know better. Take them gently under your wing, pray for them regularly, maybe meet for a meal once a month, or don't, make it up as you go, but begin to build relationship together. You elders are the center of our community, but we have not always told you what to do when you are no longer 30, but still love the church. Learning from our Indigenous communities, we need you to take notice of the young, to invite them into the life of the church, to teach them what you know to teach, to invite them into the life of Christ, to share with us your spirit and the stories that have made you just who you are. And if you are hesitant, just think of when you were younger and how special it would have been to have an elder in the church pray for you and say, you can do it, to cheer you on in the struggles of life. We all need cheerleaders in our corner. And we need people who have walked the ways of life and faith before, who have struggled and suffered before, and still say, choose life. And yes, if you find yourself working hard at something, you might think, is this really my job here? Who could I invite to do this with me or to pass it on to? Every season of life has its own important work to do. And finally, for this report, a little announcement. These questions that are before us, who are we, where are we going? I know of no better way to address them but to pray, gather, discern, and share together. I'm creating a space for us to do this in the near future. We will have our second St. A's Strength to Strength weekend to spend some time in reflecting, visioning, and dreaming together. We will look at where we have been, where we are, and following those two, where we feel drawn to go. As well, we will have a parallel, parallel kids program to free up the minds of parents. We seem to only have a weekend like this once a decade, so once the dates are confirmed, would you please keep that weekend open, if at all possible? We will have a potluck dinner on the Friday, lunch both on Saturday and Sunday. And I love actually that preceding this, we will be spending our Lenten season focused on prayer. What a great way to lead us into the season of resurrection and into a visioning activity to uncover the way of the risen Christ ahead of us. Everything begins in prayer. And why the title Strength to Strength? Because that is simply how we go ahead with God. It is simply how building happens. 
we build on the strength that has gone before and bring to God anew the strengths that we carry today. Pandemics will come, wider church challenges will come, we will grieve. Nevertheless, we are here, and it is God who draws us. We are enough, just as we are, to be that which God is calling us to be. Thanks be to God.